Welcome to the Be Disciples podcast. This is episode number 44 with your host Kyle Morris and Dakota Smith. What's going on, Dakota? Not much, man. Um, it's been encouraging to see what's happening with the podcast recently. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we it's uh, we use a platform called Buzzsprout, so yep. shout out to them. They're not paying us any money. We pay them to use their stuff, <laughs> uh, but they have a... They keep stats uh, pretty much also on your podcast and kind of what's going on, how many downloads and where the downloads are happening. Uh, So I can say that we have at least one download in every continent on the planet. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, But most of our listenership uh, is in North America, obviously, uh, because that's where we are. We have um, our second leading country, though, is France. I'm not really sure why, uh, but if you're listening, and we know you are France, yeah. whoever the one or two people are listening, come on, France. Uh, shout out to you. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, share the podcast. We can see some more uh, people from uh, France coming to know the Lord. Come on. Uh, maybe even do a mission trip. Over yeah. There, you know, you never get know. some listeners, send us a message. You never know. We can set something up. Um, but yeah, we see you. We see you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but here in the United States, uh, just shout out to some of the some of the areas that are listening. Obviously, Kansas, right? Ottawa, uh, Kansas ha- has a good amount and other surrounding areas uh, as well. Uh, Olathe, Overland Park. Um, Rantoul, Rantoul, Vassar, Overbrook, so Franklin County, Johnson County, yep, uh, those sort of places. Shout out to everybody, and then most of our listenership has been in Arizona, but that's because that's where we're from, right? Uh, so Phoenix, Gilbert, Chandler, uh, Mesa, Tempe, uh, all over the map there uh, as well. And then we have some places that honestly I've actually never been. I actually don't really know if I know people who live there, but we have a good amount of people listening. Uh, Chicago. Yep. Um, I've only been to the airport, so uh, that I was, was there with you. Yeah, you were there with me. We did <laughs> meet. So a, we did meet a pastor on that plane. Uh, I remember he, he was did? he was on his way to an interview in Chicago. Oh, seriously? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I remember talking to him. We also have Ohio, which my sister does live in Ohio, but she does not live in the cities in which uh, these view these listeners, you guys, Columbus, uh, Ohio, a uh, good amount there. We've also got uh, some in. Uh, Atlanta, Georgia has a good amount. Do you know anybody in Atlanta? No, I mean, not that I've spoken with in a while. Yeah. So shout out to Atlanta. Yep. Uh, some, some listeners there as well. Um, and then all over the map, we've got Oklahoma, California, Washington, uh, Tennessee, Texas, uh, some of the, so Nevada and you're from Nevada. Mm-hmm. Um, and so those are some of the most listened to places. So it's just cool to see you guys listening, honestly, um, you know, hitting milestones for us. Just uh, we just want people to listen again. We do not. Um, this isn't a monetized podcast, which means we don't make money on this podcast. Right. We just do it because we love Jesus ministry and uh, we just want people to hear the gospel. So our uh, our our listenership is strictly uh, just to get the word out. So please share our podcast uh, for the sake of spreading the gospel. And we just want people to learn how to read the word of God. Right. That's why we're doing it uh, based on one-to-one Bible reading by David Helm. And so uh, that's something that uh, has motivated us to do it this way, verse by verse. We have done interviews in the past and and at some point we will get back to interviews yep. uh, as well. Um, in this season, we just feel like it's uh, 
most appropriate to go through some scripture, go through the gospel and uh, give a tool for people to use as they disciple others uh, one-on-one. Yeah. I mean, this is really cool because our heartbeat as a church is to live sent, which really means to live Holy Spirit prompted lives where we all see ourselves as missionaries. So this podcast is an extension for us to uh, reach others internationally. You had you said France and North America mainly, but is there any other country specifically that we can give a shout out to before we get into the word? Uh, let's see. What do we got here? I've got some random thing popping up on my screen. All right. Uh, but Europe in general, I mean, we've, we've got some other Germany, United Kingdom. Yep. Uh, we also have uh, some listeners in Canada, Mexico, uh, the Philippines, Kenya, India. So it's not really concentrated in one area, <laughs> just kind of random uh, all over the place. We don't know how you're uh, hearing about our podcast in those countries. Um, I have not done too much social media recently right. um, just because of time restraints. Uh, recording has been the most important in getting them out there. So I don't know how you're hearing about them, but uh, we're just glad you are um, and listening to the word. So we just wanted to recognize our you. listeners and uh, and all the people around the world who are just using this as a way to learn more about Jesus. And we hope that you are benefiting from it. And, you know, at the end of every single episode, you encourage our listeners to share the episode. Think about this. If all you knew uh, that you had to do, or if all you were being asked is to just click the share button so that others would hear the word of God, um, that's a very small task. And we just, we want you to know that others are listening. So as further motivation to help us to share this, to get the word of God out, to take part with us, to partner with us in this ministry, uh, just share it, share it, share it, because the more you share it, the more listeners we get, and the more people who listen, the more people who hear the Word of God. It is happening. So um, just want to encourage you to partner with us in this endeavor. Yeah, we're just excited. And it has, uh, we've had people and uh, come to the church. We have, absolutely. Uh, because of list, okay. or a part of uh, listening to our podcast, it's on our uh, church website. You can access it there as well, yeah. um, com, And so... Uh, yeah, we just use it as ministry to reach uh, you guys, and hopefully you're encouraged by the Word, as we are. And speaking of Ottawa Bible Church, uh, we've been in a preaching series through the book of Titus, verse by verse. Yeah. Uh, just uh, recently, you preached uh, a sermon on eldership, the qualifications uh, of an elder, mm-hmm. and we've been working uh, through the series verse by verse, and it has been so fun, just expositing the Word of God verse by verse. There are not many Bible teaching churches here in our community. Now, when I say that, you might be shocked, like, well, wait a minute, don't all churches teach the Bible? Not necessarily. And just because they believe in the Bible and just because they know what the Bible says does not mean that they know what the Bible actually means. Um, Doesn't mean that they're preaching it correctly. Doesn't mean that they're not preaching out of context, things like that. Um, really at the end of the day, our our churches are struggling to be edified with the word of God. Mm -hmm. And there's not too many that I personally would trust with the exposition of God's word. So um, maybe that's the challenge and encourage you if you're listening and you're going to a church that you just kind of feel like maybe the word of God is an add-on rather than the main thing. Um, So, you know, check us out. Yeah. So let's get in uh, 
to the Word of God. I'm going to pray for us uh, as we lead into Mark chapter 8 uh, for this episode. So if you have your Bibles, uh, you can open up to there or your phones or whatever you're using. But I'm going to pray for us as we get started. Yeah. Dear Lord, uh, thank you for who you are. Thank you for taking the cross uh, and and bearing it for all sin. And your blood has covered all sin and your promise of the new covenant, Lord. And so uh, bless this conversation that we have. And, and really, that's how this started out, Dakota and I just saying, hey, let's record our conversations about the Bible uh, that we have. And so... Um, Thank you so much, Lord, for this ministry opportunity to spread the word. Uh, I know that uh, our word could not reach these places without you and without your blessing, Lord. And so uh, thank you for those who are listening. Bless their lives um, uh, and that they would grow closer to you um, and be blessed in their relationship with you, Lord, uh, and that they would serve you and be obedient to you. Uh, as they go out into their daily lives, whether that's work or school or uh, being a mother and a father or whatever, whoever they are, that they would be blessed in the things that they do because they do it for you, Lord. Uh, Just bless our conversation this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, let me start with Mark chapter 8, verses 1 through 10. This is going to be an interesting passage because a few episodes ago, it seems like we've already covered something similar. So verse 1, chapter 8, In those days when there was again a large crowd and they had nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples and said to them, I feel compassion for the people because they have remained with me now three days and have nothing to eat. If I send them away hungry to their homes, they will faint on the way, and some of them have come from a great distance. And his disciples answered him, Where will anyone be able to find enough bread here in this desolate place to satisfy these people? He was asking them, How many loaves do you have? And they said, Seven. And he directed the people to sit down on the ground. And taking the seven loaves, he gave thanks and broke them and started giving them to his disciples to serve them. And they served them to the people. They also had a few small fish. And after he had blessed them, he ordered these to be served as well. And they ate and were satisfied. And they picked up seven large baskets full of what was left over of the broken pieces. About 4,000 were there, and he sent them away. And immediately he entered the boat with his disciples and came to the district of Dalmanutha. So, Kyle, what's intriguing about the first 10 verses? If you're reading it, just maybe for the first time. Well, it sounds just like another situation that we just read about in Mark, which Jesus fed a bunch of people. Two chapters prior. Yeah. And so um, when you first glance at this, you kind of think, okay, why would you repeat the same story pretty much, right? Right. Jesus feeds a bunch of people. You also, it kind of, the first thing that caught my eye before I really started digging in was the disciples were questioning where Jesus was going to get this food, which was odd to me because I'm pretty sure, right? We just read. He's already done it. He's already done it. He's already multiplied food before. This isn't new. This isn't something they haven't seen before. Right. So, And we don't know the time, the distance between the two events. Yeah. But I was just kind of like, that seems odd to me, right? Right. Um, But the more I think about it, I kind of do that in my life, right? Jesus does something for me, blesses me in an area. A few years later, 
I get, I, I struggle, same situation. And for some reason, I don't remember, or I think that I have to control it or whatever. And then I just, and then I finally have to surrender it to Jesus, yeah. <laughs> even though he's already done it for me before. So, and once you surrender, then he feeds you and he multiplies. And, right. And you're like, oh, yeah. Jesus did it again. Yeah. Even though I <laughs> doubted. <laughs> yeah. So I guess from a human standpoint, yeah. uh, it really isn't that weird that the disciples were like, where are you going to get this food? Uh, because we do that all the time. You know, Jesus feeds us, we forget it, and then we have to get fed again. Right. Because we forget. Yeah, and, I, and I'm not even sure if maybe that's the thrust of this passage. Yeah. It could be, but I, I and definitely in speaking to the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for for the disciples? Kind of, they're kind of aloof again. Yeah, they. That's definitely something that Mark is trying to reveal in the disciples. Like, you know, they're not there yet. They're asking yet again, "How are we going to feed these people?" Right. Right. And. Who am I? Like, I, I may have done the same thing. Right. Instead of, which I think we'll, we see later in the um, apostles' lives, right. when they become leaders of the church and they're going out, they're establishing church, mm-hmm. they're establishing what that means to look like. We do see them go directly to Jesus right. when they need things. We see that, that need right here. Instead of saying, Jesus, provide us with food. <laughs> And bowing down to him and saying, you can do it, provide these people with food and praying and getting on their knees. They just ask the question instead. Right. Um, Maybe that's because Jesus is physically there. So it's a little weird or awkward. I don't really know. uh, Or they just didn't think about it. But definitely when he's not there, uh, they know how to come to him in prayer. And and that changes a little bit. And then their maturity also changes. Uh, But yeah, we just we kind of see this. I mean, who knows? Uh, I always, I, I can't imagine traveling by foot as much as they do and by boat and just everything that they're doing and seeing. And it's probably pretty tiring. I know ministry is tiring and I don't, oh, yeah. and I don't take a boat and I don't walk anywhere. Yeah. I drive a, a vehicle Yeah, <laughs> that gets me it's places. It's emotionally taxing. <laughs> yeah. So. But they, it was physical for them too. Yeah. So there was definitely more going on there. Uh, so I could come up with a thousand excuses, I think for them. But the reality is, um, the all powerful one is standing in front of them um, and able to do this, but there are some differences, right? Dakota, what are, what are some of the differences in chapter eight compared to the first time that we saw Jesus feed the masses? Well, in chapter six, what you saw was them intending to go and take a rest of which they were unable to take a rest because when they arrived at the shore, there was already a crowd waiting for them. You don't see that here. Afterwards, we know that Jesus in chapter six, he wanted to go away to pray and he sent the disciples off in their pity party because they were hungry and tired and all of the above. So he literally walked on water and met them in the middle of the sea and then pretty much rebuked them. Mm -hmm. But you don't see that here. Right. He immediately gets on the boat with them this time. So there, there is, and I'd have to go back and check, like, you know, did they have seven loaves and a few fish in the last story? And you could get into those details too, but I, I really think the obviousness is that this is indeed a different account, and Mark is not stupid. Mark is placing this in his gospel uh, as a point, and when you're reading the book of Mark, you get to chapter 6, and you're like, yay, you know, Jesus feeds the 5,000. 
And then two chapters later, you're supposed to get to this place where you pause and you go, now, wait a minute. Now he feeds 4,000 here. What's the point of having two stories that are really put together, you know, within a region of two chapters from one another? Mm-hmm. I think what the scripture is trying to point out to you is that the disciples, they still haven't caught up with what Jesus is doing. And everything in between the two passages uh, said a lot about what Jesus thought about the heart, said a lot about what Jesus, um, how he feels about the Gentiles that he's ministering to. So let's let's break it down just from plain observation. In chapter 6, we know that we we compared that that scene to John chapter 6. So Mark chapter 6 connecting to John chapter 6. And in John chapter 6, Jesus is pretty much saying, you're just seeking after me because you want food, right? But my food is to do the will of the one who sent me and all of these things. So you not only see a hardness in the disciples, but almost like this lack of understanding in in the crowds. But this is, all. it seems a little more compassion based on, on the flip side for the second scene. You also don't see, maybe the disciples need help, but you don't see the disciples complaining here. Mm-hmm. That's a good sign. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I could say a lot, but I'm, I'm literally just working out my thoughts off the cuff. So do you see anything different? I mean, some of the things, the, the numbers are different. Um, here there was, there was left seven baskets full. There were 12 baskets in the other one. Yeah. Um, you know, there are, there are differences in, in the amount of, of food, uh, the fish and the bread and those sort of things. Um, so there is a lot more differences when you really get into the detailed observation of, of numbers and how it was done and those sort of things. Um, but really I, I'm, I'm with you on the compassion thing. I see in chapter eight, um, not just Jesus, Jesus in chapter six seemed there was, there was an urgency to keep them around. Right. There was right. like this, no, I, I have to spend time with these people. They are lost right. sheep. He says sheep that. without a but shepherd. They're sheep without a shepherd. I have to be here. Right. And I don't care that you're tired disciples. Right. I don't mm-hmm. care that you're hungry. I'm already shepherding you. <laughs> right. I, I need these people. There was something about that crowd that Jesus, there was something important that he needed to say. He needed to give them the message that there was an urgency there here. There isn't necessarily an urgency in the moment, but he does know that if they leave, they may not come back. And some of them may actually faint <laughs> and may not be able to get back to where they are. So it was more of a, no, we need to feed them because I need to take care of these needs. Um, and they, even if they leave after they eat, at least they'll be able to make it back to where they were coming from. Right. Um, so it's, there seems to be more uh, less urgency and more of a, we just need to take care of these people. Right. Right. And that, and I think the tone uh, in the two passages are different and yeah. And the apostles, they don't, <laughs> they don't complain either. Uh, they're a little more willing, which is like you said, a good sign uh, from them as well. I just, this just kind of hit me all throughout Mark's gospel. Mark is intentionally trying to show you that people keep struggling with who Jesus is by his identity. You know, every everybody kind of has their own take on him. The Pharisees, the crowds, the disciples, uh, those who he heals. He says, don't say anything as I've, I've healed you. But they go and they say things anyways. You've got all of these different groups of people. 
And it's almost like Jesus continues to, by way of his actions and his ministry, that's very Mark-like, Jesus continues to show you exactly who he is by what he is doing. And that's actually going to prepare you for the second half of chapter 8, where we're going to hear from Peter and Peter's confession. Again, that's coming. That's coming quickly. Then you get to chapter 9, the transfiguration. That's coming. It's coming quickly. But in the midst of it, Mark is showing you the ministry of Jesus. And Jesus, what would hold him back from feeding a crowd once? Why not do it twice? If he's done other miracles more than once, why not feed a crowd twice? Yeah. What's the big deal? Yeah, it's almost... Crowds are following him. Right, and it's almost... It almost confirms that he can do it more than once. This right. this wasn't a, a one-off story uh-huh. where he fed 5,000. Well, he comes in again and feeds 4,000. This time, though, uh, another difference I see, I mean, yes, he gets on the boat with the disciples, but last time we remember that when the disciples got on the boat, Jesus did first go and send off the people. So he was still teaching them and sent them off. Right and then went to go rest. This time, there was no teaching according to the scripture here after, right? They ate, and then he left. So it was almost- They knew better. Right. (laughs) Um, And so there was that, hey, I already taught. They can't leave because they need food. Let's feed them, and then we'll leave. Yeah. Um, And that's what happens. And so he takes care of not just spiritual. He takes care of some physical needs as well, like he's been doing throughout Mark. Uh, and then they leave to go to another region. Um, so yeah, I, I, again, first glance seems the same, really dive into it. There's a lot of differences in the way that Mark writes these two similar, uh, miracles. And again, we don't, it's, it's kind of funny because we don't do this with the other miracles, right? Oh, he healed this deaf guy. Well, he's healed other people who couldn't see. He's healed other people. And we don't go, we don't question why it was said twice. Right. In the same gospel. Right. We're like, oh, that's a cool miracle. Right. We don't really do that. But for some reason, feeding people seems to stick out as why repeat that? Yeah. Almost as if like, it's not that great. Well, I can't make bread come out of thin air. I have to use the elements that were given to me by God. And as we spoke <laughs> about a couple episodes ago, <clears throat> this shows that Jesus is God. Yeah. Because only God can create something out of nothing, you know, which is pretty cool. So 11 through 21 seems to be like the next passage. Yeah. You ready? Let's go for it. The Pharisees came out and began to argue with him, seeking from him a sign from heaven to test him. Sighing deeply in his spirit, he said, why does this generation seek for a sign? Truly, I say to you, no sign will be given to this generation. Leaving them, he again embarked and went away to the other side. And they had forgotten to take bread and did not have more than one loaf in the boat with them. And he was giving orders to them, saying, Watch out, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. They began to discuss with one another the fact that they had no bread. And Jesus, aware of this, said to them, Why do you discuss the fact that you have no bread? Do you not yet see or understand? Do you have a hardened heart? Having eyes, do you not see? And having ears, do you not hear? And do you not remember when I broke the five loaves for the 5,000, how many baskets full of broken pieces you picked up? They said to him, 12. 
when I broke the seven for the 4,000, how many large baskets full of broken pieces did you pick up? And they said to him, seven. And he was saying to them, do you not yet understand? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. So what we just led you into was this natural conversation in the passage where, you know, the questions that people have about, you know, why the scene may be repeated twice. Well, there it is. It's just answered for you. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, (laughs) They didn't get it. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, I mean, it's funny that there's this 11 through 13 smushed in between here, Um, which which kind of it does go into for it goes into it. But it is interesting that Mark puts this in here that, again, the Pharisees, which we know are always opposing Jesus, um, are seeking a sign. And he's just like, I can just see Jesus rolling his eyes. Right. Like, are you, I mean, it says he (laughs) sighed deeply in his spirit. How would Mark know that? I mean, he obviously he knew the account that Jesus was frustrated. Right. (laughs) Because he knew that Jesus just got to the point where he's like, are you serious? Mm -hmm. You need a sign. Mm -hmm. There's no sign in this generation. Right. And you're like, (laughs) well, for one, you're Jesus. That is a sign. Yeah. (laughs) He just fed 4,000 people. Right. Right. And he's doing all these miracles. He's like, I just can't imagine Jesus like, oh, my God, what do you mean? Yeah. I've shown you everything. Right. And I'm about to do something that you don't think yeah. is going to happen. Yeah. I'm going to give you the biggest sign in the history of signs. Right. Right. And he's just and then. The apostles have the audacity mm-hmm. <laughs> to argue about a piece of bread mm-hmm. in the boat. I mean, I can't I, I mean. I can see the frustration. I mean, I understand. I get frustrated at times about stuff where I'm just like, God, why is this happening? This doesn't make any sense. Um, Why are people doing this? Why are people doing that? Why does it have to be this way? So I I definitely connect with Jesus here on the human level of frustration uh, because I get that way. But then I also understand on the flip side why Jesus would be frustrated with me (laughs) because I do these things too. I, I do the things where it's like, I've seen Jesus do amazing things. I've been on mission trips where I've seen people come to know the Lord who I don't know and him work in people's hearts miraculously. I've seen crazy cool things happen in ministry. And then I get in parts of my life where I almost forget about it, where I become uh, where my frustration or I get tired or whatever may occur. And then I don't remember those things in the moment. Um, even the disciples here remembered the amount of baskets from each occurrence. Mm-hmm. They knew the details. They knew the facts. They were there. Yeah. They remembered just like you and I can remember facts and details, but sometimes we miss the true reason why Jesus is doing something. It's one thing to know the Bible. It's another thing to live out to the Bible. Absolutely. And that's why Jesus is frustrated. Pharisees, you know who God is, and you still choose to live this self-righteous life. Disciples, you know you're who with I me am. Every day. You're with me. You see this happen, and you're arguing over a piece of bread. Are you serious? Like, I could just see Jesus just, like, mad and angry at them. Not only could I walk on this water, but I could <laughs> multiply this bread right now if I wanted to. Right. If you were so hungry and you needed food, which I know you do, and you just saw me feed 9,000 people. When you go, hey, Jesus, we could really use some bread right now. And they didn't even ask. Yeah. And it's sitting right. Well, you've got the creator 
in, in the boat with you who can create things out of thin air. Yeah, literally the creators in your boat. I like that. You know? <laughs> it's not like this. He has condescended to you. Right. He has come down from heaven, left his throne, sitting in a boat with you. Right. And can pull, he can literally create elements, things that don't exist into existence. Yeah. And he's sitting in your boat. And you're like, man, we're hungry. We only got one loaf of bread. Really? So you can see the <laughs> why Jesus is frustrated, but you can I can also see myself in all of these circumstances and knowing, man, God must really be frustrated with me <laughs> at times because I can see myself being the disciples. I can see myself being the Pharisee. And I can see why this it seems silly but I can definitely see myself in all of these circumstances. Well, some other things to point out. It's it's almost like Jesus has a point for letting them become a little bit hungry. I think Jesus does obviously care for our materialistic needs. Mm-hmm. But goodness, he calls us to perseverance in life so that we get our eyes off of ourselves and we get our eyes upon God. And that was probably the issue. Look, I know you're hungry. But were you not amazed at everything that's just happened? Like you feel the need to get food. You're arguing about food more than you see your need for me. More like you're hungry for food, but the bread of life is sitting in your boat. You need me more than you need the bread, right? Just one other thing that I want to add just in complete humility. You know, as you and I were kind of getting lost in, in the beginning of the episode you know, really trying to break down the differences between the the two passages. And um, sometimes even we overlook things in the text. So that makes our natural even, our conversation even more natural in that here we are and we're like, oh shoot, let's go back for a minute. This is good Bible reading. Go back, look at the context, fill in the details with what the text says. Don't get too inspected into one little component, but read it all together. Now the text is coming alive. Now the text is becoming more full. And that's fun when that happens, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, yeah, we can we can compare chapter eight, just the event to the other event. But the rest of chapter eight really brings it all together. I mean, I just think that I just it's fun reading together. I mean, for those of you listening, like, uh, I mean, I've read Mark before. Sure. Um, but Dakota and I don't necess- we don't sit down and go, let's read it entirely through Mark. Uh, put all of our notes together and then do a podcast. Because then it steals from the genuine conversation on air. Right. We literally wanted to start a podcast about just the genuine conversations that we have, not a prepared conversation. And so otherwise it becomes robotic. Right. So we, we love reading through this and these moments of like, Oh man, Jesus is really showing us something. Right. I hope you guys listening are really seeing this too. uh, Because we sometimes can get wrapped up in this, in the details when it's kind of slaps you right in the face when you read the rest of the chapter. The details are right there um, and helps you understand why Mark wrote this. He wanted to show you wh- not just the feeding of these people, but the way people responded to it. And the apostles responded to it the same way almost both times. They were almost dismissed who Jesus really is, and we're wrapped up again in either their 
bad attitudes, their hunger, their uncomfort, their, uh, you know, just all these different things and not realizing, like you said, they had the bread of life literally with them that could provide anything they needed and they didn't even ask. So everything that's happening, I keep mentioning this, I keep mentioning this, I keep mentioning this just peppered throughout our recent episodes. Everything is crescendoing. Everything is is mounting. You know, yeah. what you're seeing is multiple groups of people struggling with who Jesus is, whether that be his very own disciples or whether that be the Pharisees, two polar opposites, that be people in the middle. But look at how it closes because it's going, it's, we're getting to the place where in the next episode, we're going to hit Peter's confession of the Christ. But look what it says in verses 22 to 26. Mark beautifully puts this together as he prepares you for Peter's confession. No, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. So verse 22, and they came to Bethsaida and they brought a blind man to Jesus and implored him to touch him. Isn't it intriguing that Mark wants to talk about blindness? Yeah. After everything he's been talking about, he wants to tell you about a literal blind man almost used as like a bridge at the same time of, hey, there's more than one type of blindness taking place. They brought a blind man to Jesus and implored him to touch him. Verse 23, taking the blind man by the hand, he brought him out of the village. And after spitting on his eyes and laying his hands on him, he asked him, do you see anything? And he looked up and said, I see men, for I see them like trees walking around. I see, but I don't see clearly yet. Mm -hmm. Then you get to verse 25. Then again, he laid his hands on his eyes and he looked intently and was restored and began seeing to see everything clearly. He began to see everything clearly and he sent him to his home saying, do not even enter the village. So with a literal healing, Mark uses this literal healing to try to tell you what's been taking place in the previous chapters. Jesus is trying to get you to see and maybe, maybe you can see a little bit at a time, but you're going to you're going to reach this place where eventually you see the complete understanding of who he is. Lo and behold, our next episode is Peter finally, he finally gets it. That's where the text leads us. Pretty crazy. So yeah, tune into our next episode. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Cliffhanger. Um, now you can read ahead, but you, if you want to listen to us talk about it, uh, you join us back for episode 45 and we will talk about Peter's confession uh, Jesus as the Christ. Um, and so I just want to pray for you all as we end this episode. Thank you all for listening. Please share. Dear Lord, thank you uh, for this podcast. Uh, thank you for everybody who's listening. Thank you for your blessing. Uh, thank you for giving us this word to read so we can know you more. Uh, we can know uh, how you interacted, Lord, with uh, your disciples, how you were teaching them, uh, how easy it is for us to not see uh, what you're doing and what you're teaching and that reading scripture allows us allows our eyes to be open to what you're doing in our lives um, and what you are doing uh, as you're building the kingdom lord uh, and awaiting your return so thank you jesus for everything that you've done in jesus name amen amen